Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's been a big couple of weeks for the Perth Glory, of course. They've faced an uncertain future for quite some time, but that's been resolved now. Victorian businessman Ross Poligra has bought the club. Ben Smith does a great job writing both soccer and rugby for the West Australian newspaper. He joins us on the show to tell us what it all means. Welcome, Ben. Good morning, Duff. Thank you for having me once again. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, mate. So tell us... Who is Ross Poligra and what does him buying the Perth Glory mean? Well, Ross Poligra is a Melbourne-based property developer. He is a, uh, you know, a very, he's got very deep pockets, as one would need to acquire any sort of sports team. He's got multiple sports teams already in his portfolio. Um, he owns you know, ice hockey teams in Adelaide and Canberra. I believe he owns the Adelaide Giants baseball team as well. Um, he owns most... Uh, famously and most prominently Catania in uh, it, it's Italy's Serie C so they play in the, uh, the third division of Italy's football but um, they're enjoying a bit of a renaissance under under Ross Poligra uh, he joined forces with uh, former soccerers Vince Grella and Marco Bresciano to help restore Catania where he has uh, you know uh, blood and roots in that city uh, he uh, yeah, he's helped them kind of you know, start to climb up the table and really reinvigorated the team over in Catania. So um, it bodes very promisingly for the glory that he's involved. His arrival represents hope. It's something that, you know, it, as we know, hope in sports is such a powerful tool. And, you know, his arrival really brings that in spades. Um, you know, there is a fresh kind of wave of enthusiasm. And, you know, I was at the game on Saturday night and there was a, you know, a different atmosphere in the air. You know, obviously Ross was in the crowd on Saturday uh, and, you know, you could tell there was a, a bit of a buzz around the stadium. It was, it was a great game. Glory got the win, 3-2 over Brisbane. And you know, Alan Stadich's post-game uh, said that that was the loudest he heard of the Glory fans. So it's uh, they're already having a bit of a knock-on effect on the, on the Glory faithful. So what sort of crowd did they have there on Saturday and what might they expect this weekend? Well, they had a touch under 7,000, which, you know, when you compare to the... When you look across their history, that's definitely on the lower end. Um, I think it was one of their, still one of their bigger crowds of the season. And I think that kind of just speaks to the state the glory had been in before Ross uh, has arrived. And to, to an extent, they're still in because he hasn't fully kind of... Uh, no, he's assumed control of the team. There's still a lot of work needing to be done. Uh, they... You know, it's been a really tough, you know, couple of years for Glory with, you know, COVID blowing a hole in the club's finances, Tony Sage having to hand back the licence. Crowds have dwindled. Uh, there's been a lack of success on field. Uh, a 
lack of uh, maybe a lack of engagement at times off field, a lack of connection. Uh, these are all things that Ross Pellegrino has come out openly and said he wants to you know, tackle head on. And uh, you know, if they face Wellington on uh, Saturday night. It's going to be a pretty tough uh, matchup, not just on pitch uh, with the Phoenix in top spot, but off the pitch as well. They're going up up against the WWE's Elimination Chamber, which is on at the same time, but. Uh, Pellegrino at his introductory press conference yesterday said he was, uh, after watching the, uh, you know, the fervent support, uh, you know, support from some of the club's uh, younger members on Saturday night, he said that every the first 3,000 uh, kids under 16 will go for free. So if you're uh, if you're under 16 years old and you want to go see the Glory on Saturday night, um, you know, get in early and Ross Pellegrino will personally pay for your ticket. So he did say there's going to be a strong community slant to how he's going to go about this, and, and you uh, wrote that in the West Australian late last week. So what? how does that manifest? Like, How does that, um, uh, I guess, eventuate in real terms? I think they need a much stronger presence and connection and two-way kind of line of communication with grassroots. So when I was growing up uh, you know, in Perth, uh, they had a, the Glory had this thing called the Glory Zone, which was basically a, you know, a training program. You know, it was probably, you know, you did two, maybe ten week blocks a year. It was uh, Glory had accredited coaches running it. The big, the occasional Perth Glory player at uh, at a training clinic, and it was really popular for a long time. Um, you know, it was basically you got, you know, the kids of the state got high class coaching from. You know, glory-affiliated uh, junior coaches uh, in a you know training environment. It was really good, um, and that uh, they shut that down a while ago. And I think you know that, along with other things, they kind of lost their way in the community. They one of the biggest things uh, over the last decade or so is they established a a local team in the you know the local MPLWA competition, which meant they were on a positive note for glory. It meant they were able to play some of the best young players uh, in the top level of the men's state league competition, which obviously gave them a bit of a grounding against uh, grown men. But in order to have an NPL licence, they had to have junior teams all the way from under 12 upwards to like under-18s. And I remember former Glory CEO Tony Pigata saying, it's really hard to convince people to come and watch the Glory on a Sunday when... Uh, we've beaten them 6-0 in under-15s on a Saturday. So there's been a bit of a disconnect and a disconnect, uh, discontent from local teams towards the glory who have kind of maybe moved in on their turf a bit, they feel, and taken up some of, the, some of their best players at, at junior level. Um, and, you know, to his credit, I think Anthony Radich, the current uh, local CEO, he has been... He's acutely aware of this, and I think he has, you know, started to re-establish a bit of trust at community level, but it's definitely going to be something that Ross Pelligra, I think, looks at and kind of thinks, how can we make it that we're not competing against these uh, these kids on the weekend, but the fact that we want to welcome them into the club, we want to make them feel like the club is theirs um, and get them coming through the gates every week. What is this squad capable of? I, I take my hat off to this glory squad to play under the circumstances that they've played under for much of this season with uncertainty as to who's going to own them um, and that sort of thing. It must have been incredibly hard to maintain spirit and direction. Now that they have that, what is this squad capable of and what do they need to to significantly climb the ladder? 
Well, you, you kind of nailed it, Dusty. You know, they, as you say, they have experienced so much turmoil off field this season. You know, there's, uh, you know, they couldn't really bring people in in the off season because of the, you know, the the league was controlling the club. They didn't have the money. They had to resort to you know free agent signings where they could. Uh, but, you know, they've, you know, over the last kind of couple of months or so, unable to strengthen in the January transfer market. Uh, obviously, Oli Bazanic was on loan to the club. Uh, was a, uh, they couldn't extend his loan after they were led to believe by the league and the receivers that that would be okay. Uh, they had to sit, uh, loan Bloom Khalifi to Mel Victory, which the club did not want to do. Uh, they were, you know, they say they were at the time they were pushed by the APL to do it to free up some money off the books. And yeah, you know, they've had a they had a pretty slow start to the season as well. Um, you know, they uh, you know the first seven eight weeks, I think they. They looked noticeably like one of the weaker teams in the league, but over the last two months they've really righted shit. They are now, you know, I've, I've seen people call them the most fun team in the league. Uh, they're scoring for fun, you know. I think defence is an area they need to work on if they want to make finals because they're shipping one or two goals every week at the moment, and that's not going to be uh, conducive to rocketing up the ladder. But in, with the form of Adam Taggart and Stefan Kolakowski in the final third. Both of them have really good seasons. Adam Taggart notched his 11th and 12th goals on the weekend. Uh, I think he should be back in contention for a Socceroos place. He's been phenomenal this season. Um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of, and there's some injection of local young talent as well. Daniel Benny's 17 years old. He's played most games this season. Over the last month or so, he's really found his feet and is starting to show like, why he's such a uh, you know, hot prospect and Joel and Asmo, you know, coming off the bench, two home games in a row and completely changing the game. He's only 19. It's uh, yeah, it's been you know, the home games have been chaotic, but in a you know, in a good way. I'm sure they haven't done much for uh, Alan Stadich's heart rate, but the fans are getting banged for buck. And the more of these fun games that they kind of put together, the more wins they put together, the home crowd's gonna. Because if there's anything we know about WA Duff, it's that you know the people love a winner. They do. We're not quite bandwagon jumpers, but I think everyone likes a winner. Um, I remember glory with you know coaches like Bern Stunger um, attracting crowds of seventeen thousand to um, what was then Perth Oval, um, obviously HBF Park. Now, is that is that within reach? Are we capable of getting back to that sort of level? Do you think? I think so. I think the club, for even before you know Ross Poligra came on board, I think Anthony Radich firmly believed that that was uh, you know they were capable of that. I mean, even going back to 2019, when the Glory made the grand final, they got 59,000 people or 58,000 people to Optus Stadium. So the base there is a there is a supporter base to draw upon. It's just consolidating that base and raising the average attendance. Um, you know, and winning goes a long way to doing that. Obviously, you know, it's not the be all and end all, and I think the, the club are going to be very, will be very wise to heavily target grassroots football as a way to, you know, to connect with the younger generation. Because if you bring in the younger generation, then they're going to bring mum and dad along for the ride as well. Uh, I, th- I firmly believe that, you know, the club can get to a spot where they're bringing in 15,000 people through the gates again. Because be I've fa- seen it happen before. I know it can happen again. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. I think they were a great addition to the WA sporting landscape back in those days. They still are, but I think there's a lot of upside with Perth glory. Hey, Western Force kick off their season this week. What 
do we expect from them reasonably this season? I think around the fourth, there's a very good uh, positivity and a good vibe. Um, they've had their their second full preseason under Simon Cron, who has uh, recently just extended his contract until uh, the end of the 2026 Super Rugby season. And uh, it, it feels like they're a club on the up. Uh, you know, they've recruited very heavily during the off-season. They kept a lot of, you know, pretty much everyone they wanted to keep uh, in the off-season too. So they're going to be, I think, fairly stronger. They finished 10th last season. I think I don't think top, you know, sixth or seventh is, uh, you know, definitely within their their wheelhouse. When you look at, you know, how they performed in pre-season, they had a good win over Reds and uh, pushed the Brumbies, who were the best Australian team in the competition, all the way last uh, weekend. There's, yeah, there's a, it, you know, you speak to anyone involved with the force, and you know, they are very confident of uh, of a good season, and um, they've been pretty blunt as well. Like, um, you know, speaking to certain players, you know, Ben Donaldson, the Wallabies fly half has come in. You now he says that Simon Cron wants them to target winning the winning the whole thing, and you know, some people might snigger at that and laugh and say, well, you know, that's not going to happen, but you've got to aim high, haven't you? And you know, if you set your if you set the target so high, you know, that means that, you know, from a squad point of view, there's a mentality that, you know, that's where we're heading and, you know, that we have to work so, so hard to get there. That, um, you know, even if you fall just short, you know, even if you finish third or fourth, that's sort of, you know, more than acceptable and very admirable performance. So I think the psychology and, you know, uh, confidence around the squad is really high coming into this season. Yep. Aim for the moon, and if you miss, you're still out amongst the stars. That's a, a, a good saying to live by. Ben, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Look forward to reading your stuff uh, about both soccer and rugby. I believe you've got to put your sunscreen on and head out to West Coast training now, so stay in the shade, mate, if you can. And, uh, <laughs> and we look forward to seeing um, both the rugby union team and obviously our local football team, West um, Perth Glory, climb the ladder in the near future. Thanks for joining us. No worries, Duff. Thanks, thanks for having me. That is the West Australian's Ben Smith, great young sports writer, does a great job covering the glory and the force, um, as well as doing bits and pieces in other sports as well. Uh, Get onto his stuff at the West Australian. We'll take a break and be back with more of the show after the break. If you want to have your say, you can text us on the text line. That is 0487 736 736. Or give us a call on the Bower and O'Day open line on 13 12 55. Bower and O'Day, because the little things are everything.